afternoon and good evening and welcome to the Desi Sportscast Cricket Show. And um, it's really good to have you joining us either live and amazing support on the podcast downloads. It's getting better each week and I can't thank you all enough. But it's really down to the people we have on the show. And um, I do have um, communication through the back channels from the powers that be, but try and control Prasan because he puts a lot of pressure on us. As people, regular listeners and viewers of this show will know, he has a lot of influence. What he says, people um, take action on, and he adds pressure to that. But I said, no, there's one thing we can't change, and that's Prasan's uh, comments, views, and um, suggestions. And it's a warm welcome to Prasan. How are you, my friend? Yeah, always good to be here, Bharat. I think every single time I say you're just too kind, and I think I'm going to say it again, you're just too kind. But uh, it's always well, lovely to chat with you, so... Thanks what what, what can I say? Uh, people do send me these comments to say, you know, you do add pressure to them. But quite rightly, we need to put pressure on the powers that be. And today, it's a really warm welcome to have with us today, uh, Shashwat Kumar from, I think uh, you're in Mumbai or Maharashtra. Um, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much for the welcome. Yeah, I'm currently in Nagpur, locked up like the most of the population. And trying to find my bits of joy through the IPL. So yeah, coming along pretty decently. Well, it's fantastic you can join us. Really appreciate it. And it will be good to um, hear your thoughts on what's happening in the world of Indian cricket. On today's show, what we hope to cover is, should the show go on, um, considering what's happening around the nation? Virat Kohli, how much of an impact is he having in the current RCB? Is that really something uh, sacrilegious to say um, if you're big Virat Kohli fans. We're going to be talking about um, the current leaders in the uh, race for the Purple Cap and it's good to see young uncapped uh, Indian players there and um, I think we might have a CSK fan as well um, talking about, well I'll ask him about my thoughts, they're still not giving me inspiration but we'll see um, uh, what he thinks. But um, Let's start with the um, main topic that I wanted to uh, start with. And obviously, we can't ignore it. We've been talking about it for well over a year now, sadly. And things have turned really, really badly. And we, it's headline news here in the UK at the moment, pretty much every day, as to what's happening in India. And uh, we've seen quite a few players, including a couple of players from RCB, deciding that um, they need to go back home, leave the bubble. Uh, because of what's happening. Um, and the question to you, firstly, Prasan, is should the show go on? Yeah, first of all, I think it definitely should. Um, I think as Shashwat would put it in his articles, things have turned pear shaped. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, people have definitely left the bubble. Uh, we're hearing even umpire Nitin Menon left the bubble. Paul Rifle was supposed to, but obviously with the borders closed down, he couldn't really go out of the country. So, um, I, I think players are opting to uh, be a lot more on the mental health, uh, uh, you know, state of mind than try and figure out what they can do with their contracts. But having said that, I think uh, BCCI has pulled all the stops to make sure that the IPL goes on as per schedule. Uh, we've seen only a couple of uh, people here and there complain about the system. I think uh, back here in India, uh, the Indian Express took a major, major jump by saying that they won't cover the IPL at all. Oh, wow. uh, from after what, uh, you know, what the general public said about the tournament and how it, it shouldn't go on. But I think for sports fans like us and generally people who are sitting at home when they don't have anything to do, 
most of us look forward to the evening and uh, wait for a good match of cricket in the IPL. So I definitely think it should go on. Um, I don't think it's having a massive influence on what's happening outside or what's happening outside isn't having an influence on what's happening in the IPL. So I, I think it should definitely go on. That's what uh, you're living in um, a really high um, area of concern. Maharashtra has been for a while and you, you've told us, you know, what the situation is in Nagpur with a couple of comments there. What are your thoughts on this? Um, is sport bigger than what's happening around the nation? Uh, so obviously things right now, it feels pretty surreal for everything that is happening outside for the cricket to still continue. But as Prasenth said, it probably offers a bit of joy to people towards the end of their days who are, let's say, locked down in their homes or are battling this deadly disease. So I feel that probably the IPL is perhaps one bit of solace for these people throughout the, these tough times. And even though there have been a lot of arguments that suggest that the IPL should be halted, I do, personally, I feel that with the IPL going on, there is a bit of joy in Indian households. And I think that positivity will go in, go a long way in helping us fight this virus. I'm, I'm a little bit, I mean, I'm on the other side, I'll be honest with you. When I saw some of the pictures coming in, in the past few days, well, it's been over a week now, Prasan, and my thoughts were thinking of, you know, it's it's not the right time. We need, I think we should cancel it. Some things are bigger than even the BCCI. Uh, but obviously you guys living back home think that this brings a little bit of joy, um, entertainment to what would normally be, you know, all day, you're seeing these sad images all day long, and then it brings a bit of light at the end of the day. Is that the purpose? Or, you know, because, you know, I just think, um, I just think uh, it should be cancelled. But obviously, you, you differ on this, Prasan. Yeah, definitely. Because I think uh, more than just, you know, being entertainment, I think it's about the livelihoods of people who are involved. Um, obviously, it doesn't have too much of an impact for us. But if you look at, uh, you know, the overall ecosystem that we work in, uh, most of the journalists who work with us are obviously freelancers in some sense and uh, there are people who are covering the game even in terms of a economical aspect for me you know if i'm not covering the ipl then if the company doesn't make anything then you know there's nothing that we can really do so i think it's a mix of livelihood and needing to sort of draw the line between what's right and what's wrong uh, but so far the ipl hasn't had an impact on the pandemic you know if let's say for example if uh, if people were saying that you know the bio, bio bubble to bio bubble transfer has led to a next number of cases and you know it, the IPL uh, with people moving around and with, with players moving around, it's caused a lot of chaos. Uh, and that's the reason why the IPL should be stopped. Then definitely I'm on board that, you know, if, if the IPL is causing harm, then that's fine. But the IPL hasn't done anything to, uh, you know, sort of um, improve, the, uh, improve the number of cases going down or even hasn't done anything to dent the number of cases that have gone up. So I don't think the IPL has had a negative impact in any sense. And like uh, Shashwat mentioned, I think it's a lot, it's a, it's some form of solace for all of us towards the end of the evening. I think, um, you know, we're all looking forward to that IPL match, looking forward to watch some good cricket and obviously cover it as well. So I definitely don't think uh, it's done any wrong. And uh, I do understand that obviously there are cases increasing here in Bangalore. It's pretty much been the epicenter of everything right now. We have around, I think yesterday was about 27,000 cases and it's certainly not going down uh, in, in any aspect. So, but having said that, I think uh, 
the IPL has certainly bonded a lot of us together. Otherwise, we wouldn't have anything to talk, to talk about, you know. Uh, whenever my grandparents call, it's all about the pandemic and even some of my far relatives. But when you're talking with friends and you're talking with cousins, when you're, when you're talking to people who follow cricket, you have IPL to talk about. So if the IPL wasn't there, then I think we'll have to all talk about the pandemic and that's just going to make everyone else's mindset a lot more dull than what it is right now. Yeah, I sort of I get that because I, we went through it last year when we had all the sports cancelled. There was nothing on TV. They were playing repeats. And then when uh, the restart happened in the Football League here, it did change the mood. But obviously, we were in a different situation where things were getting slightly better. And obviously, we had another wave in December, but the football carried on by then. But, but it was behind closed doors and it was um, very restricted. Uh, so I get that, that it does bring a bit of... Um, uh, you know, light in these dark times. But um, in in terms of the players leaving uh, Shashwat, uh, I mean, they're not the biggest names, but still, they are well-known players. There's a reason they're in the IPL squads, the likes of Kane Richardson and Zampa and Andrew Ty, and before that, Livingston came back to England. Um, do you think that's had a negative impact in terms of um, the IPL this year? Uh, so... From my experiences of knowing these uh, top-level sports people, they are, are, at the end of the day, they are humans like us. So, if and they course, are feeling insecure win. or if they are feeling a bit of bubble fatigue, it is completely within their rights to opt out of the tournament because obviously their mental health is also getting affected. So, I don't really think that we should probably look at those things as something that is causing an impediment to the IPL. Rather, it is more that the IPL is giving them an opportunity to come here, showcase their talents. And if they are not feeling up to it, then they also have the freer option of going back home and then getting themselves together or staying back with their families. Because recently when Ravi Chandran Ashwin opted out of the IPL, not the entirety, but for a few weeks, there were quite a lot of people who were speculating on why he suddenly went out of the bubble. Some even went as far as saying, that Ashwin was not happy with him not being given the super over and perhaps that was one of the reasons why he left the team altogether. So for me, that kind of conversation is simply not done. Because at the end of the day, your family is in danger and if he wants to go and take care of his family, he should be given that option. And I don't think that dims the spectacle that the IPL is in any way because at the end of the day, cricketers are humans and they should be given the choice to exercise their choices. No, 100% agree. Yeah, that's, um, but just to end, um, and it's the first time we've spoken to you, Sheshwat, um, I get re uh, regular updates and the only updates I believe in is not the news networks that we have here, but when I talk to friends back home, like on this show and the football show, how is it in Nagpur and Maharashtra generally? Is there any sort of light at, this, uh, at the end of this very dark, dark tunnel that we're going through as a nation at the moment? Uh, so, as things stand, the vaccination process has started off with its registrations. Although there is a bit of bit of a shortage in Maharashtra owing to the, the general number of cases that are happening in other parts of the state. But once people start getting vaccinated, because I've unfortunately had the experience with uh, one of my close family members also getting affected by COVID. The vaccination actually helps your body fight the virus a lot better. So once this vaccination process becomes a lot more streamlined, more people get vaccinated, maybe that could lead us to 
tackle the virus a lot better. Although I would not say that it would completely eradicate the virus because that is something that has permeated into our system currently. And I feel that that is something that will be here to stay for the next two or three years at least. Yeah, unfortunately, we've got to live with uh, coronavirus um, for the medium term. Uh, but hopefully, um, just taking an example of um, the UK, it is the vaccination program that's turned everything around. And it's the one thing that the government has got right here in a big, big way. And I hope uh, sincerely the state and national government in India take this opportunity to, to turn things around and get the vaccination back on track and um, see a way out of this uh, tunnel, like I said. But let's move on to um, lighter things and things that are keeping the nation going, um, like you said earlier. And um, I've been led to believe, uh, Shashwat, in, from reliable sources, that you are a, you live in Nagpur, but you're a CSK fan. <laughs> yes. Why? Uh, so um, I remember I have a few memories of me being very young and the first memory I probably have is of MS Dhoni hitting that 148 against Pakistan. So prior to that I was a huge Sehwag fan but then as Dhoni started growing into his element then I became completely pro Dhoni. So for me CSK is the ideal marriage for me to support MS Dhoni apart from obviously the Indian cricket team while he was still playing. So and obviously I have my roots from Tamil Nadu so that I don't know how much of it is down to that but yeah that is also another small contributing factor right, he just so... doesn't like Kohli that's all <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not put in that way <laughs> well, well we'll talk about uh, the current captain in a minute but talking about the former captain and the legend um, and the fact that you mentioned that it's because of him you support CSK and obviously you've got your roots from Tamil Nadu He's from Jharkhand, you live in Maharashtra in the beautiful city of Nagpur, so great combination there. Um, <laughs> and also, it goes back to something, I'm, I'm glad you raised that point. We talked about it on the football show last week, and uh, we were saying, uh, and I think I asked Prasan this on last week's show as well, the allegiance of local fans to your teams, but it's more to do with Dhoni in your case and the cases of uh, millions of others who will be living around India but supporting RCB for a, for a an example. So that was your main attraction to CSK. Yes, to begin with, it was. And then as I started to understand the game a lot more, I liked the way they backed their players. That is something, the loyalty factor, that is something that I keep very high, keep place on a very high pedestal because they've always been very supportive of their players. So as the game, as I started to understand the game a lot more, the Dhoni affection also grew into CSK affection. And here we are now, where even if Dhoni does not play the upcoming seasons, I'll still be a CSK supporter. Fantastic. Yeah. And um, I'll come back to you. But uh, Prasant, did you get a lot of stick last Sunday from Shashwat and CSK fans? Well, I think I get what I give, so I don't give them stick when CSK loses. So uh, they uh, they don't give me anything when. I mean, I think I was hard on RCB myself. Uh, I pretty much went on a rant on the group. Um, so I think uh, I didn't give them any stick, so I didn't get any back. Shashwat, <laughs> um, is CSK back? Um, I've mentioned in a couple of shows previously that although they were winning, um, although they lost to my boys in the first game, but uh, they were back on the winning streak. But to me, they didn't seem like the old CSK, you know, the formidable CSK that you 
you you know uh, fear going into because of the legends that are playing for them they didn't have that invis invincibility sort of factor with me but do you read it differently is csk back after the oh, that was last year i'll say a bit of so my answer would be a little divided on that because there are certain aspects that they have improved greatly since last season which might prompt you to say that they are back but obviously they have their flaws as well so when i'm talking about their flaws i am not really excited by the prospect of shardul thakur bowling on flat pitches in the middle overs especially against some of these big hitters similarly i don't really like the idea of deepak chahar being given so many overs at the start along with sam karan because at some point in time teams might have better plans for those so on the bowling front i am a little concerned as far as the batting is concerned i am a lot happier this time round and i feel mohin ali has contributed a lot to it because his the impetus that he provides at number 3 acts as the perfect foil for safe fast to calm down a little after the power play because he has been a notoriously slow has a notoriously slow strike rate to the middle overs over the years so i think the addition of mohin ali and suresh raina at number 4 has rectified that aspect a little but i am also like a lot of other people still skeptical about csk going all the way only because of the bowling and of course the fact that ms dhoni is not there ms dhoni he was let's say five or six years ago i'm glad i'm not there i wasn't totally off the mark when i said you know i wasn't still feeling it with csk but um i've asked prasan this and um i'm going to ask you as a csk fan and you mentioned ms there Uh, what are the feelings there among CSK fans in terms of Dhoni? Is it like um, you know because of his history and the legend status he has that you know there's a lot of leeway in terms of his performance, uh, but he's leading as a captain, and uh, so it doesn't matter what he brings to the pitch uh, to the game with his batting. Uh, so obviously, the MS has generated a lot of goodwill over the years, both with the Indian cricket team and for the CSK, but. Uh, as yeah if my opinion is asked i'd rather say that ms is doing very well to not put himself into a lot of crunch batting situations because deep down i think he feels that he is not that good a finisher these days so i'm liking the way he's captaining the side he's allowing the likes of jadeja sam karan mohin ali these people to take responsibility and perhaps that is one aspect that csk fans can't complain of much this season especially after there were a few questionable calls last season and then the way he has backed ruturaj gaikwad at the top he still wants to back shardul thakur even if he is not giving the performances so i think on the captaincy front people aren't too displeased with him on the batting front obviously we have our expectations so sky high because he has been that good for such a long period of time so obviously that bit of dissatisfaction will be there on that aspect and in terms of uh, the batting i know you mentioned shashwat then i'm coming to you prasan here but all of a sudden the batting unit especially at the top with uh, rutraj coming into form faf playing incredible cricket and moin um again another rcb player that's doing well af- after leaving rcb all of a sudden that top order looks pretty good and obviously let's not forget sir ravi and uh, suresh Yeah. First of all, uh, Shashwat, you are welcome for Mohin Ali. Um, <laughs> obviously, we barely used him in RCB, and I think we are we're getting bitten back for that. But yeah, I think um, I think that's what CSK have done. You know, like Shashwat mentioned, one of the reasons why CSK is successful is because of the loyalty that they invest in their players. 
Um, Rudraj Gaikwad could have been easily dropped after the failures that he had. They drafted in Robin Utappa from Rajasthan. But they still chose to uh, stick with Gaikwad after that uh, performance he showed in the second half of IPL 2020. So I think that loyalty in players is something very important. And the biggest move, you know, in my opinion, that's um, helped CSK get the success that they had this season is uh, putting Moin Ali at number three. Because when they got Moin Ali in the auction, uh, it was always a question of where they were going to play him. Uh, if he was going to come down in middle order, if, the, if he was going to open the batting, what he was going to do. And um, I think in some sense that number three position is very, very easy for him to slot into uh, because of the player that he is. He's a team man. Um, he never thinks twice before going for the big shots. We haven't seen him playing a very defensive style of cricket this season. So, I think uh, that inclusion at number three. And they've told Ryan in some sense that, you know, you've, you've been the torchbearer for CSK these many seasons. But we have a different plan in place. And I think uh, that's worked really well for them. Uh, and credit to them for making these uh, choices because uh, it's not easy to sort of back a player after so many faults. I think RCB is a prime example of that. Uh, they've dropped, picked, dropped, picked uh, Padidar all these matches. And obviously, uh, in the situation yesterday that he faced, I won't even be surprised if he doesn't feature in the 11 for the Kolkata game. So, uh, CSK have done really well in terms of backing the talent and also making sure that they give the right roles to the players that they've got in the side. And we both said in the previous show, and we can't, is out there in public record, we didn't think CSK would make the playoffs. But surely they're in very, with a, they'd have to have a really bad second half of the season not to make the playoffs now, Rosan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're top of the table. I think everything's working really well for them. And uh, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, Dhoni, the batsman, shouldn't even be considered because uh, he's more of a uh, you know, vital asset to them in terms of the captaincy and mentorship. I think a uh, prime example is how he set fields. You know, in that match against RCB, uh, Padikal could have taken the game away from them, but uh, the plan was very simple to bowl short to him. And we had Suresh Raina at a slightly, you know, in between position from square leg to fine leg and got her to that very um, position. So I think they need Dhoni the captain more than Dhoni the batsman, uh, considering how Jadeja has been batting, Sam Curran's been batting, uh, Shardul Takur can hit the long ball. So they don't need Dhoni the batsman. They can certainly just instead keep him as a captain and ask someone like Jadeja to go up the order, Sam Curran to go up the order and express themselves. So, yeah, CSK looking unstoppable, I think. Um, like Chashat mentioned, I'm truly on board. I think they definitely need to sort out their bowling um, because I'm not sure how much Bravo will be useful to their plans or NGD will be useful to their plans uh, in the second half. But uh, in terms of the batting and the overall structure, I think they're looking fantastic. And Shashwat, uh, how big a test of uh, where CSK is this season, uh, today's game against the Indians, um, will that really set the scene as to where you are this year? And did you, going into this season, think you would make the playoffs? Uh, so, I had put it on record that CSK would just about scrape through into the playoffs. I had put them fourth in my pre-IPL prediction list that is on the points table after the league stages. So, I always felt that CSK had some sort of chance considering that this could be MS Dhoni's last season at CSK or in any kind of competitive cricket. And the fact that Jadeja was coming into the IPL with a lot of form behind him. Sam Curran was also doing good for England. Faf Duplessis had, had a lot to prove, especially after he retired from the test circuit. So, this was something that I expected. Obviously, even I didn't expect them to win five games out of their first six. And as far as today's game is concerned, uh, personally, I as a CSK fan never like facing Mumbai because we almost always lose, especially when you want them to not lose. So, I had quite a few heartbreaking memories of games against Mumbai. But yes, if 
if we can get the better of mumbai today that will lay down a significant marker uh, not just because uh, it will also show csk and the rest of the ipl how far they've come since last season but also because mumbai especially after the last game might just be generating a bit of momentum and i might and i won't be too surprised if mumbai notch up two or three victories on the bounce from now yeah and the comms yesterday on the uh, tv was saying you know mumbai seemed to be coming up coming out of first gear second gear uh, as there is their want in this uh, in ipls um, and um, today might be the day when they move up a gear from how they started so that will be an interesting game but just uh, with uh, ending on csk i don't think we've ever spoken so much about csk so it's thanks to you <laughs> shashwat because we we always talk about rcb and you know why um <laughs> it, it's the only team that we seem to talk about but uh, that's that's only fair but uh, big week because you've got um including today three games so this will really set you up as to where you're going to finish i mean you've got the royals and i think the sunrises this week in um two quick uh, games so uh, two wins there i think that will just about seal your place in the playoffs yeah so uh, it's very important for us obviously to win today and keep up the momentum but even if things do not go as planned today i still believe we'll at least be able to win one of these three games considering that we've been we comfortably beat the other two teams that we are going to be facing in the next few days so but yeah if by any chance we struggle to win any of these games then it could push push us back and probably provide a bit of motivation to the rest of the chasing pack that csk aren't as invincible as it seemed during the first half of the tournament brilliant and we'll see how it pans out this week but moving from one legend uh dre captain who's getting a lot of leeway and um he's there being respected for his captaincy to the current uh indian captain and who is under a little bit of pressure if um some things you hear you believe and rcb and prasant you've had a tough week this week um you lost two games heavily you should have lost the third against my boys really um what's happening and um what are your thoughts on virat well i think my thoughts have been clear on virat ever since uh, you know the last two year two years i think uh, there's no way that he should be batting at the top of the order um you know they they might as well get someone uh, young and exuberant who wants to take up the intern i think that's very surprising uh, the season that padikal's taken on that role um because last season obviously throughout he was criticized for that uh, strike rate and this season he's turned around a new leaf and all that is good but uh, since 2018 i can't really think of a game that virat kohli has won with the bat um, oh, obviously i think we've had um, so many discussions um, game against csk last season <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean it's it's probably one out of like 25 30 in the last few seasons so no but i mean honestly i think uh, that in the face captaincy something that we've discussed quite a bit uh, on the show as well um how he's had an impact on the players and yesterday i think uh, the way he started off um, you know in the power play with just 36 runs uh, patidar obviously couldn't get going kohli you could see the frustration on his face he tried to take on harpreet uh, he scored a couple of boundaries and then he was out uh, in the third over so i think kohli's um, kohli should come down to number 3 in my opinion um, you know there really isn't a point if he's not able to score runs obviously he's getting starts there's no doubt about it he's getting those 25 30s 35s but if you can't carry through and uh, probably get a 50 probably you know go on to score a 70 80 like kl rahul has been doing i think he's 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 pretty much been like disrupting us single handedly in the last uh, 
three games he's remained he's remained unbeaten and obviously you add chris gayle to the mix and you know what you're going to get so i think kohli should certainly uh, probably figure out how he wants to carry through uh, in the innings he's obviously starting well and all of that but uh, he's not helping the cause by sort of uh, going slow and then getting out in the middle overs and putting that pressure on ab of course this season we have maxwell yesterday completely uh, hats off to punjab they outplayed us in all departments but i think this is slow, slow, uh, slowly becoming a problem that kohli isn't able to accelerate once he gets a start and i think that's something that needs to be addressed really fast is this something that he's brought up on himself in in the added pressure because he said in england series that he's going to open for rcb so he can't really not open now for the rest of the season because that would be a big um, because he was planning to do that for india and he was going to have this as a lead in as an opener playing for rcb so i think for him to go back down to number 3 will be you know um a big setback for him and his plans but also the added pressure he's you know he really wants rcb to win this year this tournament that um shashwant uh, prasan has been uh, crying out for for the past uh, 13 years or what ha- what has been but uh, what are your thoughts on kohli and uh, his captaincy and his role as opening batsman and the pressure he put him put him on himself by going there uh so i've been a very vocal supporter of kohli opening the batting both for especially for india because obviously the dynamics change a little because of what is to follow after him for the national team and but thing with rcb is somehow like all seasons they finish off their batting order at number 5 so even these days even despite the victories this season i feel they are a little short on the batting department because once ab de villiers is dismissed they don't have batsmen capable of actually being match winners so you look at yesterday shahbaz ahmed walked in at number 6 then you had daniel sams then you had kyle jamison each of them has previously played those little cameos but i'm still skeptical if they can actually win a match on their own so that is perhaps making kohli want to anchor the innings at the top of the order but with him not really converting those starts that has become a problem that is also prevalent with the punjab kings and kl rahul when he eats up those many deliveries and then does not kick off so i think that is where the issues are for rcb yesterday when the game was going on person you know i was saying, you were saying that this is a real time for virat to step up it was a great opportunity because it was a tough squad that they were chasing but then i said if uh, virat fails you still got there you've got um, ab and you've got uh, maxwell so you had the guns up there but um, was it all on virat yesterday and do you agree with well, sashwat in terms of uh, what comes after uh, de villiers See, to be honest, I think uh, when you have a side with Kohli, Maxwell, and De Villiers, you expect one of them to carry on until the end of the 20th over. You know that's ideally the case because I don't think this luxury is there with any other IPL franchise. Even if you look at it, um, you know the Mumbai Indians, they have Rohit Sharma, they have Suri Kumar Yadav, but after that, you don't expect the batsmen to carry on until the 20th over. But in RCB, you've got Kohli, you've got Maxwell, you've got De Villiers. You expect one of them to carry on until the 20th over. And yesterday. uh was a prime example of how you know if all of all of them fail then there's no one else but i don't think those are really alarming signs because especially in the sunrisers game if you have a look you know maxwell carried on until the end he scored that 59 he took rcb to a respectable total so i think that's going to happen um i don't think there are alarming signs yet that uh, you know all three batsmen fail because they're obviously bound to have their bad days and uh, you know now that we'll be going to kolkata after 
the next two games in Ahmedabad, the pitch will slightly favor uh, the way RCB's batting is, and I think it'll it'll at least be like a different uh, storyline compared to what it's been so far. But uh, having said that, I still feel Kohli needs to come down to three because what that means is you'll have Maxwell and AB to follow right after. And you won't have to depend on an uncapped player to sort of, you know, structure the innings in case one of the opener falls early. Uh, that, that Because that's what happened with Rajat Patidar yesterday. He tried to just cut everything that was outside off stump. Uh, he tried to slog at everything. Of course, it didn't work for him. Uh, he was being labelled as a test cricketer and all of that. But obviously, the, the trolls will keep coming. Social media will be harsh on cricketers so, who don't do well, especially in the IPL. But having said that, um, Kohli certainly won't step down to number three. Uh, he's made a statement that he's going to open the batting. He's going to stick to that. Um, but I think it was more of an experiment to see if he can do that for the Indian team. But now, considering the way Shikhar Dhawan's been batting, the way KL Rahul's been batting, I think it's certain that Kohli won't be opening the batting in the T20 World Cup. So, uh, I think probably he should try and figure out what he can do for RCB. Uh, stick to focusing on RCB and what how he can convert those starts in the big knocks because that's going to be a key um, point of discussion as we move into the second half. Let's not forget Prithvi Shaw, what he's doing as an opener as well. Uh, the other thing that uh, is still a little bit of a worry for me, and I'm looking towards the T20 World Cup, and it's something you raised a couple of shows ago, is the form of uh, Chahal. Um, it's, it's, it's a little bit worrying in terms of um, his bowling, and um, he's not taking any wickets. Uh, any con- still major concerns for you, Prasan? I think the biggest issue is that Kohli isn't bowling uh, Chahal's entirety of four overs. You know, I think this season he's bowled about 22 to 23 overs, if I'm not wrong, uh, out of the possible 28 that he could have bowled. Um, so even even in the previous match, you know, he bowled just the two overs because Chahal is definitely a match winner. You know, he's he's not someone who's uh, always carted. Uh, he can turn the ball. He has a very good googly. So I think Kohli isn't trusting him entirely. Uh, of course, but you you know you don't you don't expect someone like Jahel to pick up just four wickets in seven matches uh, and not put up a good show. But I think that happens with every player. Even last season, we saw how Chris Gale bounced back, how Rutraj Gaikwad bounced back. So I think Kohli should certainly start trusting Jahel. And I think last match's indication is even more stronger that Kohli should look to Jahel as his wicket taker because uh, he rested Washington Sundar uh, pretty much dropped Washington Sundar from the eleven. Um, so obviously Sundar isn't being perceived as the lead spinner, and Jahel is. And with Harshal Patel also being tonked a fair bit in the slog overs, I think he'll have to look towards the strike bowler. And Chahal's been the strike bowler for RCB for the past, I think, two to three seasons easily, or even more than that. So, I think the biggest problem is uh, Kohli should certainly bowl out Chahal for four overs. Even if he gets hit, uh, because last match we saw how uh, Rahul Chahal was against the Rajasthan Royals, but he came back strong. So, I think Kohli should do that. He should give Chahal all the four overs and uh, see what he can do. He's probably going to get hit, but he'll certainly bring about wickets as well. Just going back to the opening slot, and we know it's not going to happen, but uh, in our dream world, would you have Washington opening with Devda? And I don't think so, because uh, Washington Sundar isn't really a T20 batsman. At least I, I feel he's not a T20 batsman or he's not cut out for that role. Uh, he, we did try him out in one game. That certainly didn't work out. Uh, you know, he ended up eating up a, a lot more balls than what we would have liked. Um, so I think we certainly have talent. You know, we've got Mohamed Azruddin, we've got KS Bharat. Uh, Soyash Prabhudesai is someone who's uh, floated around a fair bit. So, we got the players. I think uh, we should certainly try out someone like Azaruddin uh, because of the way he batted in that uh, uh, match that he scored a 100 for Kerala. So, I think that they have to try them out because anyway, RCB aren't sticking to an 11. So, might as well try players who are on the bench. Give them a chance and see how that works out. We'll see what happens uh, with the challengers and if they can turn it around. Uh, because of the start they've had, they've got a bit of a... 
uh, leeway where they can afford to lose a couple of games, but not in the manner they've lost this week. And like I said, they should have lost to my boys as well, Delhi. Just what, what have you made of Delhi so far and um, the form that they've been in? Uh, the batting looks pretty awesome and um, it's a really good unit. Uh, so the only worry I had for Delhi prior to their most recent game was Kagi Surabada's form. But with him looking close to his best against KKR, I think he has probably tided over those times. So if he, if Delhi have a fit and firing Kagi Surabada in their ranks, I think they are perhaps as close to perfection as you would find in any side in the IPL. Even in the absence of Ravi Chandran Ashwin, they have two frontline spinners, two wicket-taking spinners. Even though Akshar Patel might not qualify as a pure wicket-taking option, but he has the ability to tie down the batsman and then induce mistakes. Amit Mishra, with his variations, will always be someone that is difficult to get away. And But the most impressive aspect about Delhi has been how their youngsters have contributed to this year's success, whether you talk about Prithvi Shaw or Avesh Khan or even Lalit Yadav coming in and performing whatever role has been asked of him. So that is the bonus for any side and that has probably held them tied over the poor form that has plagued, let's say, someone like Marcus Stoinis or Steve Smith. Yeah, and um, we were mentioning in last week's show that I'd even forgot um, Amit Mishra was still playing, but he came up with incredible performance. Um, Prasant, Steve Smith, um, is he being selected because of he is Steve Smith? Or, uh, you know, he's not in the best of forms, and you've said it before, that he's not the best T20 player. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've never been a fan of uh, Steve Smith in T20 cricket. I don't think he's uh, really cut out for the format. Um, he might be the best in the world in the test format or even the ODIs. But uh, in the T20 format, I just don't think he's found his bearings in any of the games that he's played, uh, be it the international circuit or even in the uh, IPL. So I think they're wasting a spot on uh, Steve Smith. The first time I've seen anyone play as a specialist fielder, I think, in an IPL site. Um, because I, he absolutely isn't contributing with the bat. I feel they can promote someone like Etmaya or even Marcus Toynis uh, to that number three. Or even if Rishabh Pant wants to come up, the order even do that. So, I think they should probably uh, look to bench Steve Smith and uh, probably get someone else in his place. Uh, Andrik Nokia, I think, um, you know, him coming to the side will be slightly hard now. And that's a very, very interesting proposition for Delhi. Um, considering how well Avesh Khan has done, I think uh, he's definitely been a revelation for them this season. Uh, I won't be surprised if Rabada is benched for a couple of games to try out Nokia. But considering that, uh, you know, he was in fantastic form last season, I just don't see that happening. Uh, but Nokia on the benches is a very, very interesting aspect for me because I thought he'd walk straight into the side. Um, but I think uh, over over a matter of time and in the first, in the next few games, I feel Steve Smith will certainly find his way onto the benches. But who they bring into the side will be a very interesting question. And uh, I think Prithvi Shah, like Shashwat would put it, has the world at his feet. And uh, that's a great sign for the Delhi Capitals. Absolutely. And if it wasn't for AB, um, the Capitals would be top of the table because it's only because of AB that um, we lost that game uh, the other week. Um, but in terms of, um, you mentioned Avesh and we've spoken about Harshal. Um, you guys probably know them a lot better than I do, but they're new to me. Um, and we had a host of young Indian players. None, none of them who had been capped, like Surya Kumar and Tewatia, come through the last IPL. And these boys are now leading. And then, of course, there was Bra yesterday for Punjab, another bowler that I'd not had 
heard of really, to be fair. Um, how do you see their performances and how, because Alves is still, you know, I'm just wondering how he's keeping um, his plays because obviously he's bowling really well, I take that, but he's not a bowler that I would have picked in the first Delhi Capitals 11, Joshua. Uh, so the thing with Avesh Khan is I have followed his career quite a bit since uh, his under-19 World Cup debut in 2016. He was part of the same team that Ishan Kishan and Rishabh Pant were also a part of. So in the aftermath of the tournament, he had a very good domestic season. I, if I'm not wrong, he took 35 or 36 wickets for Madhya Pradesh in the Ranji Trophy the next season. And then he sort of fell off a cliff because of injuries and because of a few other issues. But talent has never been a question with Avesh Khan. At least from people who I know in the Madhya Pradesh cricket circuit, they've always rated Avesh Khan very highly. And rather interestingly, these people tell me that Avesh Khan is a much better baller with the new ball than with the old ball, which is a little paradoxical considering that he has had most of his success this season with the old ball. So I'm really, really excited to see if he does get a look in into the Indian setup, whether with the India A team or with one of the weekend Indian national teams, and I'm just very, very excited to see what he brings to the table. The same with um, Harshal. Um, he's been, um, he's coming to this season uh, bowling incredibly for your boys, um, Prasan. Um, again, I know he's a fellow Gujarati, so I'm really proud of him in that, that respect. But uh, another bowler that I didn't expect to be um, leading the wicket pick is Kaibo. I can tell you with proof that uh, Shashwat hates Harshal Patel taking wickets. Uh, he feels that uh, Harshal bowls way too many average balls and uh, gets wickets, which I think is a fair, fair judgment because uh, he hasn't done anything extraordinary. I think uh, it's just that probably his change of pace is a very good um, weapon that he has. Uh, but the balls with which he gets those uh, wickets, you know, most of them are in the slot or the length balls which can be easily dispatched. So, I think he's had some very good success. Obviously, he started off really well. The Chennai leg was fantastic for him. Uh, but he's not had a happy homecoming. He's been thrashed uh, uh, in both the matches that have happened in Ahmedabad. So, I think he'll sort of need to look at what he can do different. Uh, I've got a feeling he's bowling way too many length balls in his log overs that isn't helping. Uh, whether it's slow or fast, it doesn't matter. Nowadays, the bats are way too uh, big and, you know, they're... They're really well seasoned uh, for uh, you know the ball to travel all the way uh, over the rope. So I think Harshal needs to find a way to nail the Yorkers a lot more, and that's what Mohammad Siraj is doing really well. I think Siraj uh, for a long period of time before the Test debut, um, you know he obviously used to bowl a lot of length balls, um, and uh, you know he used to get carted all over the place. But this season he's bowling extremely fast. Um, he's nailing the Yorkers really well, and uh, it's probably Siraj 2.0 we're seeing. So I think Harshal will need to figure out where he can do something different. Uh, he absolutely can't keep bowling the same length balls and getting carted all over the place. So, uh, he's, he's a good bowler, there's no doubt about it. But given that he's uh, he's handed over that responsibility of bowling the death overs, I feel he'll need to be a lot more clever with his variations uh, and try and you know figure out a way to stifle the batsman with his change of pace rather than bowling only that and making sure that, the, that he's pretty much predictable in those last two overs. And uh, it- if I'm allowed to add something, of yeah. Course. So talking talking about this uh, Harshal Patel debate, so I can actually draw parallels to a couple of English bowlers in the past. So one is also playing currently, Tom Curran. He is also someone who came into the circuit with his variations and with his slower deliveries being very difficult to read. But once people have started working that out, he just does not have a good enough stock ball to keep troubling the batsmen when the changes of pace don't work. 
a few years ago you had another english fast bowler jed dunback who had oh, who basically on him. yeah who basically made the back of the hand slower ball come into vogue so but he, he also, used it yeah so yeah exactly <laughs> because he, he wasn't confident enough in his stock ball and once he started once people started working him out and started beginning taking cues on how to tackle it uh, both of those bowlers have struggled so i feel harshal patel has a lot to improve and if given a choice at this point in time i'd prefer avesh khan over harshal patel any day of the week but then again that is my personal opinion <laughs> so do i would you, so, over, uh, would you take shardul over harshal uh, i'd rather play myself <laughs> <laughs> how would it go with shardul he can bat a bit as well uh shardul thakur and me go a very long way <laughs> Okay that's right, right, right the... from the 2019 IPL final so oh the deep scars <laughs> deep scars we don't open today uh let's think positive about CSK so we won't talk about that today yeah just got to let you off uh, for another day to give us that story um we're, we're pretty much at a halfway stage and we've talked about you know the top three breaking way slightly with CSK DC and RCB let's give them a little bit of credit they're on 10 points so we'll put them in that bracket we think Mumbai Indians will step up a gear um just what can you give hope and yet, when i was doing the prep for this show yesterday believe it or not i do some prep uh, many might not believe i do any prep but i do some prep um but um when i was doing the prep for the show yesterday i was expecting rcb to quite comfortably beat um the kings yesterday and my question was going to be is there can you give any hope to the other four teams uh, the kings obviously gave themselves a little bit of hope after the brilliant win yesterday but generally the bottom four teams such what um any hope for them to break into the um, playoff uh, picture uh, so as things stand i feel that uh, rcb will have a bit of a dip moving forward because <laughs> i i'm of the opinion obviously no csk no rcb bias over here but <laughs> i am just relying on facts and facts that tell me that glen maxwell usually whenever he gets going in the opening phases then it's a bit of a plateau as the tournament goes through the middle stages and with virat kohli out of form as well i feel the batting lineup is very heavily dependent on abd villiers mm. and obviously the bowling remains a concern so i expect them to endure a bit of a dip which would obviously then give other teams a lot of hope i don't personally feel kkr or rajasthan royals might be in the mix going forward because both have a lot a lot of problems to address Uh, that day i was attending the press conference and brendan mccallum talked about how he was uh, how irate he was that the players were not implementing the philosophy that they wanted to play with and when something of that sort happens that is actually quite a damning assessment when the coach comes out and says that the players have not been adhering to the style that they want them to play with so i don't feel kolkata has as much of a chance although yes with dreras in the side they will get the odd victory or maybe even two or three victories Similarly, Rajasthan Royals. I am expecting Sanju Samson to win them at least another game. Josh Butler maybe two games, but I guess that's all. So, I actually have hopes from Sunrisers, which really? for which I might get trolled. But uh, yes, so the thing with Sunrisers is last game, even though they lost to CSK, I felt there was a slight difference in the way they batted. I feel that. scratchy innings for which warner was rightly criticized might just be the launch pad for him to go on and scale greater heights 
So once one of those three, Warner, Bairstow, or Williamson, starts playing consistently, then the Sunrisers' bowling lineup has the tools to actually get the better of opposition. So of all the four teams that are currently in the bottom half, I put Sunrisers and Punjab as having the most chances to actually make a fist of this playoff race. I was going to bring up what's going on with Sunrisers, but obviously you think not much. Um, obviously the Super over. Um, the decision for Warner to go. Did he agree with that? I thought Bairstow should have gone for that Super over. Uh, yeah, so that was the, so that has probably been the theme for the Sunrisers this season. They somehow at those crucial junctures made decisions that haven't really been very prudent. So that Super over decision was another one such thing because Bairstow on that wicket had been timing the ball exceptionally. And he is a much better starter than David Warner, even in normal T20 games. So I think that was a big mistake, and that perhaps cost them a couple of points. And the injury to Williamson obviously cost them quite a lot of points at the start when they botched crunches after crunches. And uh, how much is I missing, Bowie? Quite a bit, quite a bit, because I was reading the stats somewhere, and I came across a statistic which told me that the Sunrisers Hyderabad have the least number of wickets in the power play. Mm. And for a team that has genuine swing bowlers like Bhuvi, Sandeep Sharma, Khalil Ahmed, I think that is one area that is actually pulling them back because teams are then having, uh, opposition teams that is have the luxury of playing out Rashid Khan rather than having to attack him. If you are, let's say, two or three wickets down after the power play, you are under pressure against Rashid and then you also have the scoring rate to look after. But if you are not getting wickets in the power play, you can easily play out Rashid for, let's say, four over 16 runs, 18 runs, yeah. without giving him wickets and then attack the other bowlers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, I, I do agree. I mean, it's, it's unusual to see um, the sunrises where they are in the table. They're consistently um, in the playoffs. And um, I take on board what you say, you know, uh, they've lost a couple of games closely. And uh, it won't be much for them to turn around. Um, Prasan, um, as you just heard, RCB might struggle to get into the playoffs. So what hopes can you give to the other four teams? Uh, I think at, at the start of the IPL, I, I, I sort of did put KKR in my top four. Uh, I mean, just scraping through into the top four only because the, the last leg is in Bangalore. Um, I think KKR have had really good success here, especially Andre Russell. And I think he's just speaking at the right time. Obviously, he didn't have a good last game, but uh, if you consider the way he played against Chennai, I think um, if that's the way he's going to be playing. And uh, of course, obviously, Bangalore is, is a very, very small ground um, when compared to the other surfaces where they've played. Uh, they've also got the bowlers to sort of uh, give them a good result on that surface. Obviously, Cummins, Prasad Krishna knows the surface. He's been a little uh, economic, I mean, uh, expensive, but having said that, he still knows the, uh, you know, the surface really well. So, I think they've got the ammunition. Uh, Rahul Tripathi, I think, is a very big plus for them. Uh, the way he's been batting with intent, I think, is a very good um, addition to their side, pretty much. So, I think they're going to do well in Bangalore, uh, especially that they have five matches here. Uh, it's going to suit them. The only problem, I think, is rain. It's been raining cats and dogs here for the last three, four days. So, uh, if the rain is uh, that has uh, you know pelted down here or anything to go by, then they might be in some trouble. But Sunrisers, I don't see them, uh, you know, putting up too much of a fight because they're going to be playing in Delhi and then they'll be playing in Kolkata and then they'll be playing in Bangalore. So, again, Kolkata and Bengaluru aren't really surfaces which assist too much of spin. 
Um, so I think even Rashid Khan's threat will probably be nullified to some extent in the, on those two surfaces. But uh, if they have to win, they have to win now in Delhi. But uh, considering that they lost to Chennai, um, I think it'll be slightly hard for them. Punjab, obviously, uh, like the way they've been performing, I think last match is a good indication for them that uh, they can probably bank on Chris Gale again, uh, you know, considering that they will again be playing in Bangalore. So, uh, I think Punjab and Kolkata certainly have a good chance. Uh, Rajasthan, I don't see them doing anything at all uh, because Sanju Samson is all over the place with his captaincy. I don't think he has too many people to bank on. Uh, Butler has to focus on his batting. Miller has to focus on his batting. Morris comes in with a huge price tag. So, Sanju Samson can't really look to anyone for captaincy. He, he himself is uh, looking for runs. So, Rajasthan and Sunrisers, I don't have too much hope. But I feel among Punjab and Kolkata, one of the two teams might certainly make a good push for that playoff spot. And uh, talking of Punjab, another player, now that he's left RCB, is performing Chris Gale. Um, universe man, universe boss even. Um, I, I was really impressed with them yesterday. Uh, but their one little failing is they've got a problem with Nicholas Puran. Uh, and it's something that you've mentioned a few times. Um, if they can solve that issue or somehow he gets into form, uh, all of a sudden their batting look, although they've lost their mind, I believe, he's out injured. Uh, but they've still got the likes of David, David Milan in, the, in their ranks, if I'm not wrong. Um, so I fancy them if, out of the four that we have talked about uh, with the best chance. Uh, do you disagree with that, Prasant? I don't think so. I think, uh, but I, I really have a feeling that they should get Gale to open the batting. Uh, you know, he's clearly struggled in the middle overs. Uh, I even wrote an article uh, very recently that uh, for which I use stats. And uh, Chris Gale basically is striking at around 129 in the middle overs this season with the, with the bat in the power play overs. He's scoring at around 136, 137. Uh, and if yesterday's match is anything to go by, I think Chris Gale belongs at the top of the order. Um, and if they get Gail to the top of the order, what that also means is Mayank Agarwal and Kale Rahul will be able to sort of tick the, uh, I mean, keep the scoreboard ticking basically in the middle overs and allow for someone like Nicholas Puran to come and play his natural game. Uh, what's happening is Punjab are sometimes losing wickets, uh, you know, in in a hurry, and Deepak Kuda and Nicholas Puran are having to come and stabilize the innings, which is which is ideally not a role that they're looking to be playing. So I think uh, Chris Gail at the top of the order will give them the impetus. Uh, Mayank Agarwal in that number three position can give them some uh, very good runs, uh, both in terms of singles and doubles, and he can also find your uh, boundary very easily. So, I think if that's a ploy that they're looking at, it'll, it'll work for them. And uh, Riley Meredith uh, coming back into form, I think, is a good sign for them because they've obviously invested a whole lot of money in him. Uh, and for him to perform, I think, is a good uh, uh, you know responsibility of Mohamed Shami's back also uh, to some extent. So, I think that they're finding uh, that space right now uh, where they're winning matches. So, I feel if they keep this going, they certainly have a good chance considering that they're also playing a massive chunk of their matches in Bangalore. And uh, one player I do want to mention, Shashwat, um, is Harper um, Bra yesterday. And um, I'm pretty sure he's not going to forget the wicket of Virat yesterday. Uh, yes, so... The thing with Harpreet Brar is uh, he has been performing quite consistently for the Punjab domestic team in across formats, that is the Ranji Trophy, the Sayyad Mushtaq Ali or the 50-over competition. So, I'm sure he'll not forget that wicket. And the more impressive thing for me was that he actually walked out that wicket very well. Because if, had you, if you watched the match, you could see that Kohli was always looking to give him the charge. Mm. And he made that attempt to shorten his length and then eventually got the better of Kohli that way. 
so i think he has a good head on his shoulders the way he came out and batted was also a very positive sign for punjab considering that they have been labeled a team that doesn't have batting post number 6 so i think that will be a good positive and on another side note i just received information that kane williamson has been made the sunrisers captain for the rest of the season wow so Breaking i don't news. know what implications that might have on the srs lineup but it could open the door for roy and bestro to open at the top so wow Next. breaking news uh, fantastic um that is um left me a little bit speechless um <laughs> so what are your thoughts on that one uh, prasan absolutely love it i think uh, you could you could really see the frustration on david warner's face uh, until uh, the tournament so far obviously he isn't scoring runs even in the last game he sort of labored his way to that uh, you know knock that he played against chennai so i think uh, considering that the captaincy is off uh, warner's uh, shoulders i think he's going to transform into a better player uh like shashwat said i think uh, it could pretty much be the springboard for him to unleash himself as a batsman and sort of perform but um if i think uh, what we're also hearing is uh, they might look to drop warner for the next few games and look to get in someone like jason roy which i don't think is a right move for them because they need someone uh, who can be accountable at the top of the order because that middle order isn't really um you know something that is uh, really to drive home about so i i really hope this move to make williamson captain unleashes warner the batsman because i really need him at this stage you know with sanders are struggling at the bottom of the pile if warner can really find a way to score runs and quickly uh, if we see the warner and besto partnership that we saw earlier then i think yes, uh, yeah. i uh, it's definitely going to be good signs for sunrisers yeah and absolutely um, throw them to the playoffs to you back and we saw it a glimpse of it in this tournament as well but that is um breaking news here and uh, surprising news for me um I always find it surprising when uh, team strange like captains i know kkr are renowned for it um uh, do you think ab can take over virat prasan no comments <laughs> <laughs> well uh, you know that there's a man who's taking around uh, 20% of our budget and uh, he's also the indian team captain i won't name him i don't want to name him but i don't <laughs> think uh, The person okay. we're talking about is stepping down anytime soon. Do <laughs> you think we should have a new T20 Indian captain then? <laughs> no, my thoughts are no. Shashwat. Uh, regarding the Indian T20 thing. Yeah. Uh, so I have been a very firm advocate of Rohit Sharma taking over the reins for quite a while now because there are certain aspects with Virat Kohli's captaincy that I do not like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So one of those things that uh, comes up at RCB as well is he genuinely likes to play a lot with these so-called bits and pieces players. I want to refrain from using that term because of what Ravindra Jadeja has done since. But you just get the feeling with Virat Kohli teams that they are always a little too dependent on two or three batsmen, and if those batsmen fail, then there isn't a lot that come follows. So that happened at the World Cup as well. that happened the 2017 champions trophy final as well keeps happening with rcb and i don't really feel that he is a very good captain for spinners especially you can see the number of spinners that have excelled under someone else's captaincy but somehow always struggle to get their ideas through to virat so that is my opinion completely and i feel that rohit has a better captaincy brain let's put it that way and if given the choice i would probably have switched captaincy roles let's say 6 or 7 months ago so that rohit gets the time to mold his team for the t20 world cup 
Very, very interesting. Um, I do get what you say about Virat. Um, uh, he wears his heart on his sleeve, and sometimes his frustration can rob the other players the wrong way, add, add pressure to them. But uh, I'm going to back him. I'm going to still back him. I think oh, I love his passion. I love his mentality to win at pretty much all costs. But I totally get the other side of the argument that, you know, it can affect uh, certain players differently as well. But obviously, it's a conversation we'll be having right up to the T20 World Cup, knowing Indian cricket. Um, it's not a conversation that's going to go away, especially if performances are not backed up. Um, but we've got to end the show with a couple of performance of the week awards. Um, I say a couple because we've got we're lucky enough to have Shashwat on the show today as well. So we'll ask him first. Who are you going to award your performance of the week to, Shashwat? Uh, so is this a bowling specific, batting specific? No, no, no. Just your player of the week. My player of the week, uh, I'd probably put Prithvi Shaw just for his performance against KKR. I'm so happy you're on the show because it's never a Delhi Capitals <laughs> player that normally gets uh, awarded. Uh, Prasan? Well, uh, it, it, it's definitely a very hard choice. Um, but yeah, I'm probably going to go Prithvi Shaw as well, the way he oh, wow. stole the match away. I think that's uh, peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? That's peer pressure. If no, no, I mean, here, I, I'm not I was, sure you would have avoided it. But I wasn't sure if he, was still, if he was still a part of this week. So, But yeah, I, I think it happened last Sunday, didn't it? Uh, Jadeja is basically yeah. killing us. So yeah, I mean, no, I, I'm going to go with Jadeja. I think uh, the way he pretty much like, you know, he, it was a one-man show. And uh, he, I mean, CSK didn't beat us. Uh, Jadeja pretty much <laughs> beat us. So I'm going to go with Jadeja as the performance of the week. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm not going to argue with that. He's a fellow Gujarati and as Gujaratis, there's not many of us we need to stick around. Well, not many of us in sport, so we need to stick together. So, yeah, I'm going to back that. But I love uh, Sheshwat, um, pretty sure, can't argue with the start he's been given Delhi in the tournament. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure having both of you on the show. Prasant, as always, I can't thank you enough, but Sheshwat, especially yourself, taking time out to join the show. It's been incredible and hope you can join us again with your uh, insights and a bit of, um, you know, a variation because like I said, it usually ends up with an RCB uh, conversation. So it's good (laughs) to get a CSK perspective and a bit of rivalry as well. So uh, thank you for joining us. And um, main message to both of you is please stay safe to yourselves and your families. And uh, we will get through this and, um, uh, I'm glad the IPL is keeping a bit of light and uh, uh, keeping everybody going. So let, long may that continue. We've got it for the next couple of weeks. And before then, hopefully we'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, thank you so much for joining us today, both of you. Uh, stay safe and we'll speak again soon. Thanks a lot, Bharat. Thank Cheers. You. Thanks for, thank having, you for having me on the show. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye.